Hi, everyone. Welcome to the next episode of the Bay Street Capital Holdings podcast titled How Do You Do It and Why Should I Care? This series aims to highlight women doing amazing work in various industries. So today we are so lucky to be joined by Kate Raider-Shake, who is Managing Director and Associate Practice Group at Major Lindsay at Africa for the San Francisco Bay Area. Hi, Kate. How are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm well, thank you. So let's start off with a quick introduction, I guess. Who are you? How do you do it? And why should I care? <laughs> so I am a former lawyer, and now I'm a recruiter placing associates at part- and partners at law firms in the Bay Area. Um, how did I do it? I left the law and scrambled to figure out what was next and why you should care. Goodness knows. Uh, <laughs> That's up to you to determine. So I guess what inspired you then to leave law? Was there a specific moment or were you just looking for something new? Um, A couple of things. I was quite burnt out. I was a litigator for almost a decade and I was working in a very high emotional intensity part of the law. I was primarily doing family law for the LGBTQ population. And my work was basically zero sum. Um, A lot of it was parentage, establishing who are the legal parents of a child in the state of California, which meant that if I was trying to assert parentage for a client and I lost, my client would never see that child again. Mm. So it was incredibly harrowing, emotional work. And I burned out. And um, my Then fiance, now husband, had the opportunity to go run an arm of his company in Singapore. Um, And so we relocated there and I I was remotely working for my firm, but it wasn't sustainable. Um, The time difference is appalling between Mm -hmm. Singapore and San Francisco. And I couldn't go to court. I couldn't, you know, there was, I was um, quite hamstrung. So then we moved to London and I looked for a job that was law adjacent. And I assumed that recruiting would be really just a stopgap until we came back to the U.S. and I would start practicing again. And uh, that will never happen. (laughs) I fell into recruiting and I absolutely love it. So I have uh, my bar licenses inactive and I have no intention to ever practice again. Very interesting. And, um, you know, I'm glad you were in the lawyer industry, but I understand that, you know, that was such taxing work, especially in the division that you were in within family law. It was. It was it was a lot. And there was an opposing counsel who once chased me into the parking garage at San Francisco Superior Court yelling at me and then kicked the tires of my car as I pulled away. And I got a call from a mandated reporter that an opposing party was having ideations of, of killing me and had gone far enough to try to find my address. Oh, my goodness. So, so you know, the area of law that I was in is just very, very heated. And I have two little kids now and I cannot imagine, you can see them somewhat behind me. Um, I I cannot imagine having that level of fighting and anger and uh, misdirected fury um, coming at me at this life stage. Mm, No, for sure. And what helped you then for your transition from being a lawyer to being in HR? Were there any resources? I honestly had to just jump right in. Um, And I had to learn on the go. So my first recruiting job was an open floor plan at a company in London. And 
Um, I basically learned by listening to people, which frankly is a really good way to learn, um, mm -hmm. depending on your learning style. But I listened to all the other recruiters in the room and then I figured out what my style was sometimes by following their cues and sometimes in opposition to the way that they were doing things because it wasn't my vibe. Mm. No, that's really good. And obviously learning on the job gives you that firsthand experience that you probably can't even learn in a book. Yeah. I, recruiting is something that you're either suited to or you're not. And I think you can use sink or swim pretty quickly. Um, but it largely is uh, recruiting is in the U.S., legal recruiting is generally a second career after the law, and you actually need the credibility that you build up from having practiced for some time to be conversant with partners and associates and all the stakeholders. So um, I, I'm glad that I went into it as a more of a mature professional. I guess I was like 34, 35 when I became a recruiter, um, but I think that's probably fairly average um, because it is generally a second career here. In the, in the UK, it's not. In the UK, it's um, something you do right out of uni. Mm -hmm, for sure, for sure. And before coming a recruiter, were there any lessons that you wish you'd have learned before, you know, delving into this industry? One of the things that I had to, the transition that I had to make, and it was really just internal, um, was the loss of prestige of being a lawyer. Mm -hmm. um, I would suddenly have, you know, 22-year-olds uh hanging up on me because I was wasting their time talking to them about a job that they weren't interested in. Um, that's not how I do my job now at all. I don't, I don't cold call people ever really. Um, but for me, it was, there was a part of me that was like, but don't you know who I am? Like I used to be one of you. <laughs> don't treat me this way. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not just a salesperson. I'm trying to help. Um, but so letting go of, the expectations that I had when I got my law degree that there was one way or the highway and that one way was to practice law. I think that was the hardest part, but I'm so glad I let go of it because I'm so much happier as a recruiter. That's good. And thinking over the span of your career, what would you say was your biggest failure and what did you learn from it? Um, I placed one person at a firm where she's not happy and she's quite senior. And I feel like I gave her all of the information to arm her before she joined this firm. And, and I don't, I don't ever pressure people to take jobs that doesn't serve anybody's interest, but I think facilitating her move to that firm is probably the biggest failure of, of my recruiting career She's still there. She's still unhappy. It's the only person I've placed who's really unhappy or or has has left um, in bad in a bad way. I had certainly have worked with people who have moved on from the firm that I placed them at, but usually it's because that was kind of a like a stepping stone, like they were changing practice area or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, so I think my inability to help her now that she's there. I've tried, I've had coaching calls with her to try to figure out how to improve her situation. Um, but I, I take it very personally that I wasn't able to find a better fit for her. Um, and I wish that I could go back in time and tell her not to take the job. Um, but I, I didn't know. And 
I didn't, I didn't think it was going to turn out this way. So mm-hmm. how did I rebound from it? Like, I'm fine. It's not happening to me, but I, I wish that I, I wish I could undo that one. Mm-hmm. No, thank you for sharing that. And then following on from that, what is one piece of advice that you would give somebody who is wanting to have a career in the HR industry? Um, so you need to have a pretty thick skin and oppositionally, you also need to be very human. So I think that those two things are occasionally in conflict with each other. I put a lot of myself into the lawyers that I work with. Um, I become quite good friends with some of them. Um, some of them I'm in, you know, text touch with weekly even though I placed them two years ago, we just, you become friends because it's a big transition. And um, I get, so as I said, I, I give a lot of myself. I, I take a very personal approach on my LinkedIn. I'm not like a corporate robot. I'm very much a mom working from home, struggling with two kids and um, trying to balance all the things. So I, sometimes you have to weigh out how those things can sit next to each other. Um, but sometimes people are, um, you know, do things that are frustrating. And when you've given so much of yourself, it's hard to reconcile that or sort of move past it, but you just have to. Mm, Um, so I think that's probably one of the big struggles. Definitely. Um, a good piece of advice as well, I would say for other industries too, sometimes, you know, days don't go your way you've got to be able to sort of bounce back and have that resilience yeah exactly and then because you've obviously just come into the um, HR industry what is one common myth about the industry that you would like to debunk right here right now people think recruiting is sales and it's it's really just not um there's some small sliver of it that is sales but because I'm an outside agency recruiter like I don't work for a law firm I'm placing at all kinds of different law firms. It's really about people mm. and you have to both be good at and with people. Um, and you have to try to harness their unpredictable uh, behaviors sometimes and cushion blows that are difficult. It's It really is a hybrid between therapy and coaching and matchmaking and then a small part of it is sales but recruiting is not in and of itself sales mm. it was a big board <laughs> very important message and as you mentioned you have two small children and obviously you're working at the moment but what have you read or listened to recently in your free time that's inspired you um well I I just finished cast which I the book um which I've been telling people absolutely broke my brain um mm-hmm. I think it should be required reading for high school students across America to better understand where we are right now um in this era um you know a year past George Floyd's death I wish everybody would read it. I gave it to my parents. I told them they had to read it. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's, that is the book that, that most recently has stuck in my ribs right now. I'm reading Rodham, the book about Hillary. 
Um, and my usual podcast listen is pretty boring. I just listen to the daily after walking my son to school, but that's all I have time for. Oh, that's such a nice, uh, I've heard cost is very good book. So I'm definitely going to make sure to pick it up. It's, it's absolutely amazing. Oh. And then, books I've ever read. Oh, awesome. That's good to hear. And who are three people in your life then who have been the most influential to you? Three people. That's hard to boil down. I mean, the people who have changed my life the absolute most are my two kids. Um, and they impact my work at a, to a surprising extent in that I want to be as efficient as I possibly can be. Cause then I want to hang out with them mm-hmm. and I want them to see me working and successful. I have some awards from my company for having been the uh, most um, the highest revenue recruiter in my company for two years running. And I put those up. Normally I'd be like a little embarrassed or sheepish about it, but I put those right up near where they play so that they can see what mommy's doing all day. Um, especially for my daughter. I just want to show her that like, you can do both things. It's not always easy. It's not always pretty. It's not always seamless, but, um, working is really important to me. My job is really, really foundational to who I am. I absolutely love my job. I want them to see somebody who's so happy to be working, who's good at her job. Um, I just feel like it's important modeling for them. And then probably my dad. Um, Mm -hmm. He is a retired corporate partner and he uh, has the work ethic of an ox. And he's a first generation American who um, his dad was selling fruit and then my dad is a lawyer. Um, and it's sort of the classic American tale. Um, and he, even though he was incredibly hardworking, he was often at the office at like 6 30 AM on a Saturday. He went to every softball game, every tennis match, every art show. He didn't miss a thing. There was no part of me that was like, Oh, my absentee father. And so I think at the intersection of career and family, my dad probably had the most impact on me. That's so lovely. And then finally, to wrap up our conversation, is there one piece of advice that you would give yourself at any point in your life? At any point? Um, I mean, I wish I'd left the law sooner. Um, The best piece of advice I've ever gotten, which is probably a better answer to the question, is actually from my dad. And his advice was, it's a long life in a small town. And basically what that means is be super careful of your reputation, be nice to everybody, be kind to everybody. Those are two different things. Um, I That is the best piece of professional advice I've ever gotten. Um, And for any parents listening, the best piece of toddler parenting advice I've ever gotten was say yes when you can and no when you have to. That one is priceless. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today, Kate. It was lovely to hear your story and also get those gems of advice that you were giving out. Thank you so much. You take care. Thank you. Bye-bye.